0: Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan from Startups.com, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend, the founder and CEO of Startups.com. Will, it's never easy to run a startup, but certainly there are times when it's a bit harder. Uh, We're currently in a macroeconomic environment that looks like we're headed towards recession in the US. It certainly seems to be the beginnings of a recession. The wave hasn't really kind of crashed over yet, so everybody's still like, well, maybe, we don't know. And yet we're seeing a lot of startup companies who are still treating this like, hey, let's focus on growth. Hey, let's go chase down rounds. Hey, everything's fine. Let's put our heads in the
1: sand. It's warm here. How do you feel about all this, man? Like, what, what should we be doing right now? You know, this is happening at a macro level now. So it's happening to a lot of people all at once. But I'd argue, and I think I think you'd be on board with this, that this happens for most startups at some point in their journey anywhere. where You know, funding round doesn't go through. Things get tight. Uh, customer engagement doesn't land, you name it, right? This is the nature of building a startup.
0: Yeah, I should have caveated that. This this doesn't require a US recession or a global recession to happen, right? The
1: microeconomics of your
0: startup will force you into some of these situations at some point.
1: You bet. So I think for people that are listening today, if you're not going through this, you will. (laughs) There's kind of the the law of startup physics kind of guarantees you will at some point. And we're talking about living to fight another day. What happens in our startups when we get to a point where it's no longer about growth or optimism or all the things that started this thing? It's right. the polar opposite. Yep. It's survival. It's, let's not
0: fade into non-existence. Yep. And
1: what does that look like? You know, How should we be thinking about that? How should we feel about that? How do we lead a team in that environment, et cetera? Yeah. Generally speaking, most people have never done it, thankfully. But once you do, Ryan, you know this, there is so much hubris tied yeah. up. And sometimes it's it's intentional, sometimes it's not. So much hubris tied up in building a startup because you're trying to build for the future. You've got all this optimism, right? And at some point, you forget that what you're building is still a dream. Like, you have to go make it a reality. This stuff is not right. a reality yet. And yeah. when that when that dream becomes nightmarish, right, if we're going to flip it a little bit, and all of a sudden, all of those people uh, that we told we're going to lead to the promised land are like, what the hell is happening? Because we're trying to figure out which ones we're going to let go. Right. Right. That's a tough right. environment. I would say at a high level, I don't think most founders either have been through it or really understand it when it's happening,
0: no, I, and I think that's actually a big part of it. So you touched on something really, really important there. and we've we've done an episode on this, which is that, you know, we're we're making something from nothing. These things don't exist until we breathe life into them. right. And so very often, we're talking, a little bit into the future, right? The things yep. that we're saying, you know, the the joke was, you know, we, we lie a, a, with the full intention of making it true, right? And yep. we, we kind of have to, right? It doesn't exist yet. So it's going to do this, or it can do this, or we want it to do that. And so I think that we get into that mode as founders. And then despite being faced with, you know, some pretty empirical evidence that maybe things aren't going as well as they could or should be, we continue to lead with optimism, right? And, and right. We, we have to, to some degree, but optimism can turn into just being foolhardy really damn quick, right? So we constantly have to check ourselves and make sure that like, am I stretching the truth or am I lying to myself? Because those are right. two different things, right? Is this something that is possibly going to happen? And then the probability of that happening is really important, right? If it's, if it's a funding round that's required to make the next payroll, Pretty important that we understand the probability of whether that's going to happen or not when we tell people to show up at work on Monday, right? Right. Like super, super important, right? Whether our next product feature is going to lead to the exponential growth that we have, the probability of that happening, a little harder to calculate, also a little less important to the survival of the startup, right? It might lead to mega growth and that'd be great, but if it doesn't hit, it doesn't mean that we're going to crash and burn. So I think it's really important to keep these things in mind as you're as you're going through the calculus of where your startup is at uh, and whether you're being optimistic or just willfully blind to what's going on around you.
1: When I sit across from a founder and we're at this juncture where I can see they they can't see it yet. And it's not because yep. I have some sort of ESP, it's just because I've been through it before. Correct. And so when I when I can see that this startup is about to head down this path, right? The market turned, et cetera. And I yep. can tell when they're running out of runway, you name it, right? First thing I tell the founder is that, let me tell you what's actually just happened. You've lost half of your staff. Like, wait, what? You've lost half of your net worth. Wait, what? Yeah. You are going to lose the next valuation. You're going to lose most of your customers. You're going to lose most of your faith from the external market as far as how the media yeah. sees you. All of that's already happened. You just don't see it yet. Yep. You, you don't, you don't it's know like what's happening. You. And when I say that, I sound like this grim reaper. Like I've got some negative outlook. I'm like, look, man, I hope that's not so the case.
0: Hard. It's so hard. so hard. Yeah. It's already yeah. You happened. hope it's not the case, but you have to say it, right? It, you, you
1: have to make them aware of this. Here's an example. This could be any startup. It's probably a bunch of startups listening right now. You had what you thought was going to be more than enough cash to get to your next funding round. Right, yep. and So you felt good. You had, you had nine months of runway, which doesn't sound like a lot, but funding environment's frothy and you've been raising yep. pretty quickly. It doesn't seem like a big problem. You've got 80 people on staff. Not all the people in the world, but 80 more people than you've ever had before. Right, right? And so you're looking at this going, okay, well, it's, it's a fair amount of people, but I can keep them fed. We have got another round coming at a bigger valuation, of course. of course. And I stop and say, no, here's what, here's what actually just happened with where the market is, where life is, where your company is, et cetera. You're going to let go of half your staff. Most of them you probably just hired in the past year. You worked your ass off to get these people. You tried to build relationships with them. You made huge promises, and you're about to fire them or lay them off in this case, right? Second, you're bragging about your insane valuations and all this money that you raised, et cetera. All of that's gone. You are going to get cleared out. You know who's going to be at the bottom of that uh, clear out? You. Yeah, you. You are going to be. You're going to bear more of the expense from a cap table standpoint than anyone. Third, and probably most importantly, you're never going to have a moment where you feel less optimistic about whether your business is ever going to make it than you're about to yeah. over the next three to six months. Yep. And when you drop that bomb on someone, their first answer is like, go fuck yourself. But the, the, <laughs> after that, <they're> like, <laughs> right? Okay, like, okay, so where should my focus be? And you tell me. I think at that point, you say survival is the strategy survival becomes the strategy right
0: yeah at that, that point i you know talk of growth talk of talk of expansion anything else is you're you're blinding yourself to the obvious at that point yep. and you got to be really careful about that placing your bets at that point needs to be all focused on what is going to keep us above water at this point or what's going to at least minimize the burn rate that we're going to take on through this environment right how can we stretch that runway as far as we can. If we can't make it infinite off to that infinity point, uh, which is what I love to see startups do where there just is no runway, hard to achieve, especially if you've already taken on funding because it just sort of insists that you take on more funding. Yep. Let's make sure right, that, that we are aiming for survival, right? Is it awesome to have lots of snacks in the, uh, in the staff kitchen if you still have an office? Yeah, it is. Is it more awesome to still have the staff that would eat those snacks? <laughs> Probably, <laughs> right? So like, and it's funny, man, but you know, you and I see this, it's like, by the time founders come to the realization, they need to start pumping the brakes and that survival is actually the goal. Now it's so often too late, right? That the, they didn't didn't have the canary in the coal mine. They didn't take the advice of the advisors or their friends or other founders. They weren't watching the macro signals and they were just really hopeful that things were going to work out. And by the time they realize that they do need to take drastic measures, right, which would include cutting snacks right, up to cutting staff or entire lines of business, right?
1: Really, really unsavory stuff. You're already screwed. Like this has already happened. The only difference, and we'll get to this as we get further into this, into the show. The only difference is you haven't recognized it yet. Yeah. So in this case, with your staff, as the leadership of the company, you have to stop right now and say, hey, our big optimistic growth plans, scrapped, done. Yep. We don't get to talk about them anymore because the market turned, we're not positioned for it. Stack ranked, let's take a look at what we do know. We yep. know exactly what our expenses are, which means that's something we can control for. We know how much cash we have left in the bank, which means we know exactly like what we're optimizing for as far as uh, yep. timeline and burn rate. And we know how much revenue we have, if we have any. And if we don't, how quickly we need to get to a revenue-producing product like yesterday. So all those extra features, et cetera, out the door. We just need to make dough. That's all that matters right now. Here's the problem. At that time, in that very moment, all of the structures we've been working on for months and years aren't any of this stuff, right? We haven't been thinking about how do we cut people. We've been thinking about how do we create a, a more lucrative plan for people to join the company. Yeah, exactly. we've been thinking about how many more bonuses and options, and you know, <laughs> in goodies right. can we give people right. in order how many to join? More tools this can
0: we buy to make our jobs easier? How many more you know exactly. SaaS platforms can we sign up to make things more
1: streamlined? We talked about this in a couple of shows ago, but I, talking to a founder has a huge staff, a, a friend of mine, and he's got about four hundred people, and they're doing a town hall. And in the town hall, mind you, the world is imploding. During the town hall, one of the folks asks him. When are we going to move to a four-day work week? Not if, when. And he's like, dude, do you have any idea what's happening right now? And I remember that same week, and I think I, I mentioned this on another show, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was holding an all-hands for, for Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, and someone yeah. asked essentially the same question. Yep. And he's like, are you out of your mind? Yeah, you out of your mind. <laughs> but Ryan, it illustrates something really important. We set that course. Yep. Up until now, this is the big difference here. This is the, the most important part. Up until now, we set this course of optimism. We told people there was going to be unlimited snacks or unlimited right. PTO or, you know, whatever we yep. said was good times, uh, you know, friendly. Yep. And now it's not. Now getting a paycheck is good times friendly. But no one understands that. We, right. we kind okay. of understand it. Chance our leadership doesn't get it either.
0: That's the thing. If, if the founder still hasn't realized it, the idea that the team is, is, is aware is extremely small. And even after the founders realized it, and even after we start to take action, it still may not be clear to the team, right? Like the guy or gal asking about the four day work week, to which I would have responded, you know what? A 20% pay cut across the board would help us a lot. That's a great <laughs> suggestion.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: that would go over well.
1: But I, I, don't think, I don't think either the founder, certainly, and again, I'm putting this on the founder to start because if it doesn't yeah. start with us, no one picks up this ball. I don't think the founder or the leadership team in most cases has any idea, the, de- the degree or severity of what they're about to deal with, right? Of yep. what's really, really coming down the pipe. Now, with that said, if we don't do anything, right? Again, if we look at this and say, oh, let's just keep things going, you know, we're yeah. the Titanic that just hit the, uh, the iceberg at that point. But if we go the other direction, we say, shit. We have to actually button down everything, button down the hatches, right? And we have to make sure right now that every single cost that can be spared is, yep. is you know, off we're the side scared. of the ship. And what happens is we don't understand that survival is the strategy. We don't understand that. We don't understand that it's no longer about growth. It doesn't matter that we were trying to hire. We had 40 open hires last week. Yep. We have 40 empty seats this week. It's very right. different. Yep. All that matters is that we're now around long enough by cutting costs, by extending runway, by trying to get to profitability if we can, so that we're going to be around long enough to build the company that we invested so heavily. In. That's a yeah. huge difference. It's, it's a shift a huge that's difference. really hard to make.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting, but I went through this exercise probably two, three weeks ago with a founder. Luckily, she still has a very small team and staff cuts weren't part of it. But as we started going through their expense stack, we eliminated all kinds of stuff everything yeah and and the thing about this was that we'd had this discussion and i had suggested going through this very exercise three months earlier and we didn't and she's quite regretful now because it will help now but it's going to help a lot less right because we've already we're already on the path it's like the sooner you can do this like it's like explaining to somebody how compound interest works right once they see it and they're like oh my god that that, it's insane like that's it helps so much great fantastic same thing here right when we start to compound those savings the earlier we make these decisions the earlier we make these changes uh and the the leaner we stay and look we're pretty militant about this right well you're you're our cfo uh you you keep a pretty close eye on this and it's it's rare that we let costs run without questioning them every couple months Times like this, we may have to cut into the muscle a bit. You know, we're usually looking for fat. We're like, okay, what can we trim? What are we not using, right? Do we have 15 licenses for some piece of software that nobody's accessed in two years? Let's get rid of that. That's always good practice. Now, you may come to a point like today where we have to cut a little bit further. And that was what she was forced to do. And so some uncomfortable cuts, there's going to be some things that make work a little more difficult, things less efficient. Uh, There were some nice-to-haves, there were some needs uh, that won't be met now for a while, and that is what it is. But to your point, it will allow her to get through this for longer. I don't know if it'll allow her to get through this, but at least extends the game, right? Uh, It's not game over, she got to put a couple more tokens in the machine and she gets to keep playing. And that's
1: the important part. That's all that matters. And what happens is when we look at this shift, this this 180 degree shift, which often can happen within the same month, the same quarter. I had it happen to me in my first business. Everything was going great up to the right. We had 10 million a month of payroll. And all of a sudden the world stopped. 9-11. World stopped. Dot com bubble crashes. Everything stopped. And all of a sudden we're talking about layoffs when two months prior we had 150 open hires. I mean night and day. Now you're seeing it in startups and you're seeing this new effect in startups where you're seeing startups now do a second round of layoffs and they're getting brutalized for it. Yes. Yes. Because they just did their layoffs three months ago and now they're doing another round. Why? Because they didn't take it seriously the first time. And Often what happens is they're still thinking about things the way they used to be. The way they used to be is like three months ago.
0: Right. That's the thing that the timeframes, the timeframes are fairly short in in these cases.
1: Funding environment dried up like that overnight. Now folks are saying, well, we still think we can get good terms in the market. No, you can't. You raised that ridiculous terms in this last (laughs) round and good for it, right? If you can get it, get it. The downside is now you're in down round territory. Yes. Now down round territory is a desperate and shitty place. It's humbling as hell. I've been there. It's humbling as hell. Because you've got two constituents that you have to deal with. Neither of them that are your friends right now. You have your existing investors, which you sold on the big dream on that big valuation. That last valuation to get imploded. You then have the other side, which are new investors, which are like, I'm not writing in on any of those valuations. Ryan, you look at every major company right now, either pre-IPO or post-IPO. Everyone has gotten down rounded to infinity. And great companies, Stripe got down rounded. Stripe, those guys print money, right? (laughs) Like quite literally. literally. (laughs) And so what happens is, this goes back to the hubris. We have a situation where as founders, we got this incredible valuation. We gave out stock based on that incredible valuation. Everyone was excited. Investors were excited because they thought there was another round coming. Well, now it's not. And now we have to shop for any money we can get on any terms we can get. And founders mess this up. All the time. It's brutal. Yeah.
0: This kind of goes goes back to hubris. It goes back to pride, which I, I'm I'm treating in a slightly different way. It's the, you know, wanting to defend that valuation for themselves, wanting to defend that 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 valuation for their, their previous investors. Right. Because nobody nobody loves to go back and say, hey, you know, it was really cool when you invested in us at that hundred million dollar valuation. I'm about to do something with some new people that's gonna slash that by 90%. How's yeah. that sound? Right. Right. Not a fun conversation. But it's better than slashing it by 100% where the right. company ceases to exist, right? So it kind of like survival becomes the strategy. At this point, the down round is, is necessary, right? If it's the difference Absolutely. between survival and not, you know, I'm not sure that we would call the down round a win, but it's sort of a super necessary evil at this point, right? It is the answer and it's it's not pretty, but it's gonna do the job, right? It's gonna give you the cash you need, to stick around long enough to see it through.
1: Here's how we're looking at it, though. Ryan, let's say you and I are co-founders in some um, business, and we're into our third round of funding. We did pre-seed, yep. we did seed, we did Series A. At this point, you and I each have, let's say, 20% on the cap table. And yep. we're like, ah, you know, but at least we made it past Series A. You know, it's, right. it's double digits, you know, and we're a pretty healthy shot. We'll probably get an even better round um, on B and C, and, you know, we'll still be in a good double-digit place. Not anymore. Q shit-hitting fan. <laughs> Because here's what's about to happen. What's about to happen is we're going to go back out to the market and that insane valuation that we've been running up, you know, year over year is just going to get slashed. Second, the amount of money that we are going to raise before, let's say our A round was $20 Now we're talking these basically merchant cash advance level kind of bridge rounds. Where we're getting spoon-fed money sometimes from our existing investors rarely from our from new investors they don't want part of our shit sandwich and think about it: as we're cutting staff as we're trying to do everything we can to stay alive who's looking at that going oh that's a good investment let let me get
0: on that to you nobody nobody it's the right thing to do and yet it sends it sends such a bad signal right so you're you're damned if you do and you're damned if you do
1: first thing we do we go out to the market and we say we had 80 people we've now got 40 people uh, we think we're probably a year and a half away from getting the break even, which right. before we used to make a butt of our jokes and now it's the greatest thing we could possibly accomplish. And we're going to the market with that. The worst thing that can happen as a startup founder, as a startup company, is having your story be told. Our yeah. greatest uh, you know, monetary ability is to be able to create money, print money yeah. on optimism, on what it could yeah. be. The moment it turns to what it is, no one's interested. Correct. And I got to tell you this is this is the story from uh, seed stage startups all the way through to IPOs. As soon as as soon as a company no longer has the what it can be, you know, glisten pixie dust to it, yep. it gets forgotten about quickly. Yeah,
0: when we have to invest in the reality of a business, the valuation changes pretty significantly, right? Not the potential of the business.
1: As evidenced yep. by every company that's ever gone from Silicon Valley to the Nasdaq, and yep. watch the, the Wall Street uh, folks just eviscerate them with what yes. the business actually is. Read Uber, yep. read, I mean, you name it. But yep. the point is, we're at a point where we need cash. We True. probably waited too long, as everybody yep. does.
0: Almost so always. So maybe
1: if we acted quickly and we made cuts, we would have been able to have, let's say, 12 to 18 months of runway. But we've never yeah. done this before. Or we just, you know, are hubris, or we just made the wrong bet. Or we thought more money was going to come in, and it just didn't. Stuff happens. It's not always, you know, we're not always jerks about it. We're, sometimes we're trying to do the right thing, and it just doesn't work. doesn't matter how it happened. It just matters that it happened. Yeah. And now here we are. We've got six months of runway, maybe less, even with our reduced staff. We've got next to no time to go out into the market and try to raise capital. Yep. What kind of valuation are we looking at with uh, under these conditions? Right, it's a percentage of what it used to be. We're in the payday loan business.
0: <laughs> at that point, basically, we'll yeah, take
1: whatever we can whatever get,
0: whatever money we can get. Yeah, and it's 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 so tough to watch founders go through this. It's so yeah. painful because it's it's a series of compounding problems. You've got the compounding fact that you didn't make the cuts as soon as you could or should have. You didn't start the round as soon as you should have, and so you've burnt more money than you needed to and now you're gonna take on less than you wanted to at rates that you never would have considered in the past. Yeah, it's uh, not an awesome spot to be in.
1: You know, something that's really funny about everything we talk about here is that none of it is new. Everything you're dealing with right now has been done a thousand times before you, which means the answer already exists. You may just not know it, but that's okay. That's kind of what we're here to do. We talk about this stuff on the show, but we actually solve these problems all day long at groups.startups.com. So if any of this sounds familiar, stop guessing about what to do. Let us just give you the answers to the test and be done with it. It's also not an awesome spot for your investors to be in because, from an investor standpoint, as you guys understand their portfolio theory, generally speaking, one or two companies out of 20 investments will make back the entire portfolio, typically Correct. at the VC level, but that's t- historically been the math. Yep. We'll see where that math shakes out for this next uh, cohort. Oof. What you want to do is you want to double up on your winners and you want to cut bait with your losers. Yep. If you and I have six months left, uh, of runway, and we've just cut our staff, and we're trying to get to break even, which side of that do you think we're on? We're not on yeah. the winner side. Not, we're not on the double-up the side. Hey,
0: let's make sure they stay around side. Yeah. Yes,
1: we are on the get the buck out of that part yeah. of the uh, equation for most investors. So most investors at the angel level, at the VC level, et cetera, are saying to themselves, we love Will and Ryan. We love the idea. Great concept, et cetera. But you know yep. what? Shit happens. And now yep. you are where you are, and we're out.
0: It's not dissimilar to the decision that we go through as founders when we have to let go of people for economic constraints, right? Like, they may have been great. We may have wanted to keep them around, but for right now, the right decision is to let them go, right? So, this is the version of getting laid off by your investors. Uh, both current and future, right? They're looking at you and going like, hey, look, under other circumstances, this would have been very different, but this isn't other circumstances. This is these circumstances and it's it's no or, or these are the terms, right? And again, not favorable. And I, I'm sure you're still seeing it too, Will, but I'm still getting on the phone with founders as recently as yesterday, who are still like trying to push valuations that just seem ludicrous to me. Like they're still, they're just like, they're just having trouble seeing it because they want it to be true, sure. right? They want it get to be it. true that they can go and get the money. They've worked hard. They've been busting ass for three, four years. They're at that point now where it's like, okay, we have all of the checks, uh, the boxes checked. Series A is lined up, we're gonna go do this. And they find out they're gonna have to raise it on a down round, yeah, right? And maybe right. through no fault of their own. This is the other side of it too, right? Some, some of these startups may have done all the right things. Yep. And the macro environment is just kicking them in the face right now, which and it
1: sucks. Outcome's the same. The outcome's the same. Outcome's exactly the same. Whether it's our fault or not. Yep. The difference is, it's how we react. And what I would say, and I'm sure you agree with this, is doing nothing is death. Doing nothing is death. As soon as you say, huh, that's a pretty big piece of ice in the water, I think we might (laughs) have hit that, right? (laughs) Right. Nope, carry on. (laughs) on. (laughs) Yes. Nothing (laughs) to see here, folks. This is the difference between those who survive and those who end up going down with the ship Yep. is not understanding that you hit the iceberg to begin with, or more specifically, not doing something about it. Like a lot yeah. of folks are like, oh, man, like, you know, we're, we're in a tight spot with our cash flow. We're in a tight spot with customer orders, with where we are to get to break even, et cetera. But I think if we just hold it out, we'll be okay. No, you won't no. be okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. We're just, just so going to hold still and see what happens. I'm just going to hide over here in
1: the corner and wait for it to blow over. Let me paint two scenarios. If just you had a hint that things might not be going up and to the right, just a hint, yeah. not even like this is really bad, just a hint.
0: Chicken Little's not running around yet yelling that the sky is falling,
1: but there seems to be something off. You bet. And everyone, like every podcast like this is trying to tell you like yeah. <laughs> like to your face, like, please like stop the path that you're on. You have yeah. two, two choices. Choice number one circle the wagons as fast as possible, cut as, cut nice. expenses way deeper than you want to, uncomfortably deep, which by the way, sucks. There's yeah. nothing cool about it. There's there's nothing mm. like, oh, I've done this before, so it's okay. It sucks. I hate sitting yeah. across from people and telling them they don't have work. I hate deflating the dreams of all the people I work so hard to help inflate, right? Yeah. I hate it. It's awful, yeah. but I have to do it. The other side is, you know what? Let's add more optimism, right? Let's stoke the flames a bit. And let's just say, let's work harder and let's push through this. That sounds awesome, but yeah. you haven't solved for anything. You've basically just said, we hit an iceberg. Let's hit the gas and see where this thing goes, right? Let's ride Correct. through it and see what happens. That might end up being worse than doing nothing, right? Doing
0: nothing at least would imply that you were just going to stay at that same burn rate, right? You start to go crazy and say, hey, let's fight our way through this, right? You mean wear yourselves out and die sooner? Cool. Great
1: idea. The truth is, it's incumbent on us as leadership to know when, it, when it's time to call it, to, to yeah. zoom out, right? And say, shit, yeah. things aren't bad yet, but I don't see a version where they're going to get exponentially better, which probably means they're gonna get exponentially worse. yeah So we have to make some really uncomfortable decisions right now, they suck. There's nothing about it, again, that's, that's good. But we have to make them, because if we don't, if we just hang out and let's see what happens, If we cut too early, too fast, we can hire people back.
0: We can. Because we're still around.
1: We still exist. We're still there. But if we don't, (laughs) and we keep all those people because we're afraid of making a decision because it wasn't in us to make those hard decisions, we won't be around. It won't really matter how fast we reacted because we won't be around, which is the whole point of survival. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I I wish I had some data on this, and I don't. I could probably dig some up. Uh, but I would love to see what the correlation is. If we look at a particular industry industry segment, I'm gonna talk about bigger businesses for a minute. Let's talk about some of the corporations that we've seen go through massive rounds of layoffs. I would love to see the correlation between the ones who do this first and where it's like the fifth or sixth or seventh company in the sector, right? And sometimes they take pride in that. Like we held out the longest, but my guess is if we were to look at this data empirically, we will find that the people who cut first end up doing better in the long run, right? That it's the company that cut last who ends up being the one who has the second, the third and the fourth round of layoffs. Um, I've certainly seen this play out in startup companies where it was like, they tried and tried and tried just to hold on and ignore the science until the last minute. And then things ended up much worse than they otherwise would have. But my guess is if we were to pull the data and look at this, that, that inaction, that doing nothing just worsens this so much. To your point, we can, we can push the undo on a lot of things, full failure, there's no undo button for that, right? We don't get to control Z going out of business, unfortunately, it'd be great, but we don't, right? So we have to take these tough decisions. We have to make these big cuts, these hard moves in order to be around long enough to repair things, to fix things and eventually move forward, right?
1: Well, that's why we have the leadership titles, that it's incumbent on us. Our job is survival of the entity. Yep. Our job ideally would also be a survival of the entity and everybody else profits. But sometimes yes. that's just not realistic. Sometimes the world changes and sure. we have to make really hard decisions. And if we don't make those decisions, if we make those decisions too late, that is a failure, that is a dereliction of our duty at its core. As much as it sucks, as much as it's tough, it's what we have to do. And the only way we can do it really, really well is to do it fast, to do it early, and to do it in a way where the only focus for us is to say, this is gonna hurt, but we'll be around long enough to make it work later. So in addition to all the stuff related to founder groups, you've also got full access to everything on startups.com. That includes all of our education tracks, which will be funding, customer acquisition, even how to manage your monthly finances. There's so much stuff in there. All of our software, including BizPlan for putting together detailed business plans and financials, LaunchRock for attracting early customers, and of course, Fundable for attracting investment capital. When you log into the startups.com site, you'll find all of these resources available.